0: So, today we're talking about being filled with God's Spirit. But before we get onto that, who watched the tennis? I know Joe's already talked about it, but wasn't it, it as amazing? The noise in our house, and there was only three of us. And I was praying desperately because I'm preaching tomorrow. I can't let her go into a third set. She's got to win now. Then I can go to bed. And she did. Oh, it was glorious. And that glorious joy is what. Yeah, a different version of you can experience when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Peter, my husband, um, and I are preaching today on the same subject. He's at St. Andrews and I am here. So we did some brainstorming together. And we didn't argue very much either. Um, So if you don't like any of the ideas, those are his. And if you do like the ideas, those are God's. Last week Katie spoke to us of the verse from Habakkuk 2.14 which talks about the earth being filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. An amazing image of how full the earth will be if you have water on top of water and that we need to be that water taking God's love to the world. And water is often also used as an image along with wind and fire to describe the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to look at that wind and fire being poured out like an unstoppable fire to those who would receive it. So for the people in Acts at the time, it was a time of uh, new and exciting beginnings for them. And it started this new academic year. we too are entering a new and unknown season in the life of the church and the wider world after covid It's getting better, it's getting easier for us to live. I know the numbers might be going up, but it just seems easier, doesn't it? We've got a new leader in stack, Malcolm. Amazing. We've got a wonderful new curate, Katie. And we've got our Minister for Growth, Tim. Now, um, a Minister for Growth, purely for growth, is very exciting. Although someone who was here at Tim's licensing, from Tim's previous role at Cranley, said he'd been teasing Tim about him becoming a minister for growth, as he'd hardly managed to work on growth for himself, because he's quite small. (laughs) Or I should say, not very tall. You're not small, you're just not very tall. But um, he's not doing it on his own. As was said at the licensing, Tim, along with the Lord, is going to inspire, encourage, and, and lead, or push your kickers into reaching out to our neighbors and friends so that we can grow his kingdom. The Holy Spirit is one part of the three-parted God. We've got God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And it's a presence, the Holy Spirit's presence, was recognized throughout the Bible, right at the very beginning, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. We see it many times in phrases like, the Spirit moved him, the Spirit told him, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God in our lives. we see how this first came about in this passage. The disciples were locked away, worried, scared, witless, leaderless, aimless and sad until that wind and fire came. A presence, it came as a presence in the form of a gift poured out of God himself. Part of our creator God poured himself into their lives that brought massive change, a transformation through love, the presence of Jesus and that's what it can do for us too. So what can we compare it to this transformation by the Holy Spirit? Well we were on holiday in Turkey and it was really hot and dry and dusty and the landscape was quite biblical. You know lots of goats and sheep grazing over hot rocks and outdoor bread ovens making daily bread. It was the lovely but it was hot and dry but we went up into the war and we went up into the hills for a walk not sensible because teenagers don't get up early in the morning do they so we had to go in the heat of the day rather than the cool of the day so our teenagers were very hot parched tired and cross by the time we got to a cafe that we were aiming at we sat down to drink and it was good but we were looking at a small pool made by a river in the the shade with a waterfall cascading into it. Well, it didn't take our teenagers long to get in there. We joined them as well. It was so refreshing to feel that water. You Imagine being so hot, then you're covered with this cool water. But Charlotte took it one step further. And we have a wonderful photo of her standing right underneath the waterfall with such a smile of complete joy on her face, because that's what she'd been looking for. But this water was just transforming her from this cross woman, well, cross teenager, into a woman of joy. And that's what the Spirit can do in your life, utterly and completely transform it. This love that we experience from the Holy Spirit sets us free, heals us, guides us, protects us, and gives us freedom. 2 Corinthians 17 says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It also goes on to say that when we're full of the Spirit, we will look different. We get transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now God knew all along he was going to send parts of himself into the world through his spirit, as can be seen in the book of Joel, which oh. Peter then quoted in verse 2, 17. I will pour out my spirit, but only on special Christians, only on young people, no, only on mature people of this world, no. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, on you and me and Auntie Mary and Uncle Joe and baby Eric and everyone, absolutely everybody. And it was going to bring changes Visions, dreams, prophecies, wonders in heaven, and signs on the earth below. So what signs were there on the earth below of this work of the Spirit in the disciples? Well, their hundred concerns of the world, of everyday life, became forgotten. They sold goods, they sold houses, their church was full of a new love. A new love for God, new love for the Bible, of meeting together, eating together, praying more together, and of giving And Tim's going to talk more about that next week. They found themselves able to carry out remarkable deeds in the name of Jesus. They could heal people. They could bring hope into people's lives. They could bring joy that was so badly needed. God's promises to previous generations was coming true in their own lives, just as it can in ours. They were an outward-focused community, performing signs and wonders. And the Lord added the, to their number daily those who are being saved. The Spirit filled church will be an outward looking church, and that is what we want to be too. So that was a transformed community, and we want to be that community. But what about you as an individual? Well, who here can remember learning to ride a bike? Come on, it's school. Yeah, totally good. Yeah, we almost. Some of us are a bit too old, but before, probably as a child, you remember walking everywhere, and it was a bit boring, and you had a long way to go, and then there were hills, and you were trudging along. You did get there in the end, but it was a slog. The difference a bike makes, the difference wheels make is incredible, especially going downhill. Did any of you used to stick your legs out like this, you know, both legs? Go, wee. No, obviously not. (laughs) Sorry. that's going downhill? That's what I used to do anyway. but so, a difference a bike makes is incredible in a small child's world. But getting an electric bike is out of this world. You go anywhere easily. You glide along with little effort. You feel the breeze in your hair, enjoy the countryside with little effort. And well, and then you see a hill. But you no longer get that sinking feeling you used to. Oh, no, a hill. It's like you just turn on turbo power and off you go. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and that's what an electric bike does. So just turn on that electric power and off you go. There's joy, there's life in all its fullness wherever the presence of the Lord is. There are still hills. The hills don't go away. But the power of the Lord and the power of the Lord takes you to the top, basically. So, why aren't we brimming over with it? Why aren't we out there? Why aren't we praying, meeting together? Well, we are. We're having a picnic. We're going to eat together. Pins at the beginning. Or punch, if you don't want alcohol. Um, But we're busy, aren't we? Sometimes, you know, mega busy families at the moment. Parents have hardly had time to bring their head above water. Never mind tell your elderly next-door neighbour about Jesus. And you can't be expected to go on a mission campaign, Tim, in the outer reaches of Coombe Down, We need the peace that the Spirit brings. You might be like the disciples locked up, feeling locked up, miserable. The disciples had lost their leader, best friend. They were aimless, powerless, and frightened. How are you in the worry stakes at the moment? How much of your waking thoughts are based on worry? We need the Spirit's protection, comfort, and boldness. Have you lost your mojo for Jesus? Apathy, apathy is one of the devil's greatest tools that prevents his kingdom growing. How comfortable is your life for the moment? We live in a great place, beautiful city where other people want to live, gorgeous countryside, food to eat, houses to live in, comfortably sized congregations in our churches. You may be sitting back and relaxing because all, all is well with your world. But that might be, and perhaps we are, I know I am sometimes, that makes us complacent. Can I just tell you how the disciples or people in the congregations reacted to Jesus? Jesus taught in the synagogue in Mark chapter one. And the people were amazed at his teaching at what he said at his presence. Now amazed doesn't get close to the full meaning of that word, because it really means ecstasis, which is ecstasy. But the feeling of it. It literally means to stand outside of yourself. So Jesus' presence was so amazing. It made people stand outside of themselves. When was the last time you experienced a sense of God's presence enough to take you out of yourself or even give you that sense of wonder or astonishment? or amazement at God's presence in your life. So many times when the disciples were with Jesus, these were their emotions, because they were amazed that the wind and waves obeyed him. On the road to Emmaus, their hearts were burning within us whilst he talked with us on the road. The Holy Spirit is not a tidy add-on to our lives. It's not that bit extra. It's a vital, unstoppable gift that freezes, stirs us, and burns within us. Maybe you're a bit scared of what the Holy Spirit might do in your life. Um, I grew up in a Baptist church, very good evangelical church, parents great. Um, And then the Holy Spirit, there was a move of the Holy Spirit in the 70s and 80s. And I wanted some of that, but I didn't want it. And I wanted to be in my safe place. And my parents said, Yeah. Um, but you've got, everyone gets Holy Spirit when you become a Christian, then it grows in you steadily. Yeah, that was fine. So I kind of me-mawed about it. But in my early 20s, we had a mission at our church, and I was too scared to go to the front to be filled with the Spirit. But at my home group, it was Ian Russell leading it, actually, and he and another guy prayed for me to be filled with the Spirit and i really wanted a sign of that you don't always get a sign even when you can't feel it he's working but i did want to speak in tongues and they prayed for me to be to do that but it didn't happen until i was walking home on my own and then i spoke in tongues i chose to speak in tongues and god gave me that gift it's an it's a gift we don't all have peter's prayed for it for years he even made himself laugh by speaking gobbledygook at um, Spring Harvest one year. But he knew it wasn't tongues and God hasn't given him that gift. Also, after Jesus died, Jesus didn't start his ministry until heaven opened and the Spirit of the Lord came down like a dove and settled on him. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, Isaiah said. And then, straight after that, that same spirit who'd come upon Jesus pushed Jesus out into the wild. This is quite forceful language. Jesus, after being filled, was pushed into new territory. And he's not an easy, necessarily an easy place either. Does God perhaps have a new story to write in your life? Is there a new adventure which the Holy Spirit wants to push you into? Does he want you to have a new adventure so that your life can have huge impact? And that's not just for the youth, that's for all of us. God may have something new for you. Nearly finally, do you need help just to continue your life as it is at the moment? Because it's difficult enough already. Ill health, family breakdown, difficult work, no work, life It's so hard for many of us at the moment. So you need the refreshing of that spirit to bring you some peace and healing in the pain. Some of you say, well, I'm not good enough for God to use me. I'm not good enough for God to fill me. No, he's not gonna do it for me. I can't change, I've really, really tried. I'm useless at telling my friends about Jesus. Can't stop doing the wrong thing. But you're not changing by yourself. It's not you who's changing you. The Holy Spirit will change you. He brings you into a newer and deeper relationship, which is based on love, the love of Jesus. So where are you at the moment? How are you feeling about being filled with the Holy Spirit? We're going to have a time now of ministry in the Holy Spirit.